Welcome to the Sales Mindset Podcast. I'm here with Brian. Hello. Here to answer all questions, sales from our favorite uh, artificial intelligence here, ChatGPT. Which one did you pick out today? So today, the question of the day, what are the key elements of a successful sales pitch and how can sales professionals perfect their delivery? Okay. Don't do a sales pitch. That's that's the first thing I'm going to say. Don't do a sales pitch. Mm-hmm. The idea of a sales pitch is that you're throwing something at someone. Yeah. I hate that idea. Have a conversation with your customer, and it should be a natural conversation yeah. that comes from a good discovery call. So first and foremost, before you present anything, ask questions. Yeah. Discover what they need. Talk to them. Talk about what's important to them. And once you've discovered what's important to them, what they need, what their problems are, what their pain points are, anything associated with that, what you want to do from then is now present your solution to that problem. Yeah. So if you've discovered problem one, problem two, problem three, then you should know your product well enough to know benefit A matches to problem one, benefit B matches to problem two, Benefit C matches to problem three. And of course, if ROI is necessary, you need to communicate that as well. Mm -hmm. If you start with that, you're at least halfway there. There's my first point. Get your thoughts on that. I think that does make sense. I when you when you open so hard with don't do a pitch, I think it has the wrong concept. But when the word pitch, I think of like an elevator pitch. I think of this predetermined thing that I'm going to say mm-hmm. or a scripted hi this is Brian from Knaz can I have a minute of your time to talk about x y and z and that's not really what it is when you go in for the sales presentation it isn't just a pitch of some things that you've been thinking about or it's not a pitch of your of your product it's a pitch of your solutions to mm-hmm. the problems so that's an opener that's fine yeah and for that similarly What's in it for you and why talk now? Yeah. So, hey, my name's Dennis. I'm with Knez. We help make sure that your people are empowered and that your sales training is hitting the mark. Oh, that's an awful start. But yeah, either yeah. way, the point is I'm starting off by really showing why it's important for them. And I can follow it up with hopefully I've done some pre-approach research so they yeah. know something about their company. And I can say, and I'd like to make sure that you're not wasting any more yeah. of your time and money and losing employees due to turnover or it's taking too long to onboard your sales team yeah. so that you're losing money and revenue and making them less happy because they're not getting their commission or bonuses. Sure. I think the trap is jumping into an extended explanation before you've even had a chance to talk. Correct. And one of the reasons I don't want to do that is I don't want to present stuff that's irrelevant to me. Yeah, yeah. So- one of the common objections you might get when you're trying to get that call is, yeah, just give me the sales pitch right away. It's like, yeah. I can't. I yeah. need to find out what your needs are before the entire portfolio, before I just vomit the entire portfolio of our sure. products out there on you. So tell me about how you're training people. Tell me about any challenges you've had onboarding, uh, anything along those lines. Tell yeah. me about how your leaders are progressing if we're talking about executive coaching. Can your leaders use a little bit more confidence? Mm-hmm. And so- Again, and then naturally, once you've done that, once you've discovered everything that they need, then you can say, well, here's the right solution. And I think about a coaching client that I had. They came to me. They were inbound lead. Yeah. 
who wanted the training courses. They just had a new promotion into a position. And in that position, they had a new team that wasn't doing very well. And they're like, well, I want your training because I want them to see the right mindset. And after having a conversation, I'm like, mm -hmm. this training is not right for you. Yeah. What is probably right for you, given that you're a new leader, is executive coaching mm -hmm. so that you can make sure that you have the confidence that you're making the right decision. Sure. That's what really executive coaching is, uh, just bringing out the leader that already exists. Yeah, yeah, professional therapy. Yeah, well, and yeah, with executive coaching, that's actually a chunk of it. Uh, when you go through basic, sometimes when you're going through the, I don't want to call it training for executive coaching, but when you're learning how to be an executive coach, it's this intersection between basically what you said, therapy. Yeah. Then there's this bit of consulting involved with it. And I'm blanking on the third piece, but but essentially not you, you want to stay a little bit out of that therapy with executive coaching yeah. because you don't want to be giving advice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, yeah. You also don't want to take on a, a responsibility or an expectation of actual, you know, therapy, quote unquote. Which it can devolve to, and I know that's not the topic here, but yeah. But either way, the point being, uh, you have to have these conversations so you don't sell them the wrong thing. Either or, yeah. Either you might present the wrong thing, and they're like, "Well, that has no use for me whatsoever." Or you present the wrong thing, and they're just a, a happy puppy who mm -hmm. buys everything, and then they realize that they wasted their money. Yeah, they wasted money. their money. They're upset with you. They don't renew or they don't purchase something else and you don't get a referral and you made somebody else's day just a little bit worse. Right. They, they, they lose trust in you. They lose trust in your company. And yeah. I think importantly, they lose trust in our discipline of sales. Yeah. So the second piece of that is use storytelling if you can. Yeah. You know, we want to go beyond saying blah, 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 feature feature benefit emotion feature benefit emotion that's great that's great but can you tell a story mm -hmm. can you tell a story in such a way that makes them the hero yeah can you craft it in such a way that allows them to envision using your product or service which is a powerful way of getting them to to really buy it the the big thing that a car salesman would do, and it's it's not that I'm I, I think that car salesmen really exemplify the best of our industry, but they'll sit you in the car and they'll say, "Can you imagine yourself driving down twisty, windy roads?" Yeah, that's that they're crafting a story. They're putting them in the story, and they're getting themselves to getting the customer to visualize themselves using the car, driving the car, etc. You can do the same thing. And help them see what is going to happen if they use the product. So when you use our products and you see the ROI, can you imagine yourself relaxing more so at night where you're not worried about your salespeople the next day? Yeah. Right? It's it's a minor little itty bitty story, but the more you have about it, the better. So it's essentially why I gave you that little training exercise to work with our new person this morning yeah. is to come up, be able to come up with these stories. So that, exactly. So that you can help someone see themselves in that position of using products and services. It's definitely one of those higher level concepts. It's a little bit more advanced because it's not just do you need to understand the material that you're working with and what you want to say, as well as the material behind your business and, and everything that you're trying to sell. 
you need to be comfortable enough to have that normal conversation, have that type of conversation that you would have with just any other person, mm-hmm. but also be quick enough to be able to pull something like that uh, from from your head. And I've only done it maybe one or two times, but it goes back to that feature benefit emotion mm-hmm. thing that we're talking about where we're not discussing specific features and benefits in this case, but like we are talking about one of the previous podcasts that the best way to relate to somebody or get someone on board or in this case, trust you or buy a product is to have them emotionally connect to what you're talking about. You're not trying to sell somebody based on reasons and facts. You could just give them a, a packet, a portfolio or a slideshow to show them that, but pull them on board where now you're looking at it on the same side where they're visualizing that they're using your product. They're visualizing on, on a true level. Mm-hmm. And it's important to recognize or remember either or how stories are part of our DNA. We yeah. didn't always have books. We didn't have TV. We told stories by the fire. Yeah. So we're we're really hardwired to learn from these stories. And so it can really connect with that more primitive part of our brain mm-hmm. to to use stories to show the success of or the happiness or the need satisfaction of using the products and services that you happen to be selling. You're right. It's not easy at first. It, it takes that practice. Sure. That's anything and that's experience. Some people, after they've been in sales for a while, can probably hop from one product and services to another without having to really think about it too yeah. much. But I guarantee early in their career, it wasn't really there and they had the practice. Yeah. I'm definitely going to, for my next presentation, just do cave paintings instead of any slides. I, I think it works. And then what you need to do is identify someone in the audience and make sure you just kind of smudge the yeah, in their faces <laughs> if they're Simba. Yeah, hold them up in front of the crowd. Exactly. That always gets back at some. Yeah. Yeah, just grab the, the CEO and totally sin by that person. And last time I did it, people went crazy. I'll bet. I'll yeah. bet. Advice from the sales mindset academy. Yeah. <laughs> Stamped. So so we've got this connect the benefits to relevant pro or I'm sorry, relevant benefits to problems. You want to use storytelling and you want to be conversational. Yeah. The one thing you want to avoid is sounding robotic. Having a rehearsed script, while it works in a few industries, will sound inauthentic. Yeah. So you want to make sure you get away from that. You also want to do what's called a trial close. So you see how that would solve your problem. So you see how that's going to bring in more money than you're spending on our products and services. Those little trial closes, they're going to like, oh yeah, I guess I can see that. Some people might find it condescending. And if they do, it might be your language or your tone that's coming out. Yeah. So you see... Uh, and it's been a long Friday. I'm a little punch drunk today. This is not, this is, this is only the first beer. Um, but the idea is to get them to see the value and you're also getting them to say yes. And so Mm -hmm. the psychological trick when you're getting them to do that, that factors into Cialdini's commitment and consistency, which relates to one of the other questions on this list that, uh, that the AI popped out at us. But commitment and consistency, the more they're saying yes, the the more they get into the habit of it. And you, and I say that, but you do have to be careful with it. Sometimes you do want to elicit a counterintuitive no that is a yes that's disguised. Yeah, I hear that. I think that that becomes more natural the more that you hear it. Yeah. And the more that you do it. That was something that actually earlier today when we were doing some of the, the role plays, um, me and uh, the new person there, were was... Just even going through by the second or third go, already fixing mistakes from the first one. And it sounds very like American Psycho. 
ask, but pr practicing just those types of conversations is so useful, like not even in a sales context necessarily, but having the ability to, when discussing like that, that consultative sales. So we, we were just doing a simulation where she was trying to sell di uh, diet dietitian services to a school district. Mm -hmm. And we did three different iterations of it. And by the time we landed on the third iteration, it'd be, it started to flow like a very natural conversation. But the first time you sit down and do it, it feels like you're talking to a wall because it's this really awkward, uh, disjointed, I'm pretending like I'm another person and role-playing as something else. But even just finding an opportunity to do that, even if it's just by yourself, like running through in your head, like if I were to have this conversation, it's like playing chess by yourself. Mm -hmm. We're just like running that practice and thinking about practicing. So I don't know if I'll open the practice, but our, our listeners might be a little confused as to though we're selling training products, why you would go with dietitian products. Oh, sure. Well, it, just because of the, that particular person's background. Familiarity. Right? Yeah, familiarity. Familiarity yeah. makes it easier so you can focus on what needs to be improved as opposed to all different herbs. Yeah, yeah. We, we practice with a few different indus industries and materials for, for a little bit of variety. Which is great. So this idea of practice is foundational to grit. Mm -hmm. And there's research on something called deliberate practice. So when we talk about grit, we talk about this grinding through the process that will get you where you're going, whether we're talking sales or whether we're talking you're going to run a marathon, whether we're talking bodybuilding, yeah. whatever it happens to be. And deliberate practice, and I say deliberate practice specifically is operationalized as practice where you're looking to improve. So if you want to think about billiards, pool, it's not just smacking balls around constantly on a pool table hoping you're going to get better. It's maybe taking the cue ball and making sure you can shoot the cue ball and have it return yeah. like constantly over and over and adjusting. It's the same thing that you're talking about with regards to the training this morning and practicing your your stories mm. or your connections to potential problems and benefits. So even before you go and you you approach someone, you're gonna know what what potential some of their needs are, some of their problems might be if you've researched their industry, if you researched their business, yeah. or after a while of just having experienced people within their revenue range, mm -hmm. you are going to know what typically, what issues come up again and again in discovery. And you're going to be quicker about saying, okay, write down this problem that they're having that sure. you've done before. And once you come back to it, you're going to know Here's how we're going to solve that mm -hmm. problem for you. Here's a story in my quiver of stories that I'm going to be able to deliver. Yeah, that was actually, that's something I was thinking about earlier was, or something we were actually talking about, is your presentation should almost build itself as you go through that discovery and, and needs analysis portions when you're having that conversation and learning about it, whether it be in one conversation or multiple the way I visualize it is almost like a five paragraph essay mm -hmm. uh, where if I was building a speech, you know, what you would do is thesis statement, topic one, bullet points, topic two, bullet points, topic three, bullet points. And that's almost how I, I would form a presentation or like, you know, the pitch, quote unquote, that you would go into after that is I know that they have this problem and or this problem and or this problem and bullet points underneath it are the different features and benefits of the product and then maybe build in a little story 
So it's almost already formed in your head when you go into the conversation. You can also clear objections beforehand. Ideally, you clear objections before they get to the hard objections. I, I actually, in our conversation, I call them, from the way I see it, like soft objections and hard objections. Yeah. And I think that it is purely separated on what side of the pitch that you're on. Where if you are still building rapport, you're still chatting, you're still learning about the company, you're going to cover these soft objections. This, we don't receive enough funding or we don't, um, I don't really have the time in my day for X, Y, and Z, but it's not shutting down the conversation yet. You can log that or respond to it right then and there to maybe clear that hurdle before you present. And then when it comes to the end, when you try these trial closes, you're not going to hit these objections with the same amount of veracity and hit just a total wall in your conversation. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I think it was, uh, some of it is just visualizing it where I'm a very visual person. It's really hard for me to understand a concept if I'm not looking at it or actively writing it down. Like if I write notes, I don't even look at them afterwards. Mm -hmm. But I always did, you know, speeches or, well, I guess in high school, I did a lot of speeches. And the way that, you know, you were not told to do it, but the, you know, just like the, the way you expect to do it is you just write out the whole speech and then maybe you memorize it and then you write bullet points. But I never even really memorized the whole speech for the most part. It was just saying it over and over and over and over again in my head and then writing down the main bullet points mm -hmm. that would jog my memory. And it was, it was always different every time that it was done. It was slightly different until, you know, you do the actual speech or you do the event and whatnot. And organizing it in this um, this sectored category manner, where I wish I, I wish we could like on the video have like a little visual of it. But as you're getting the information, problem one, problem two, problem three, or you know potential problem one and problem two, and while you're building this in your head, or you take notes immediately after the meeting, or even during the meeting, dot you know this problem. Here's what I think that we should talk about mm -hmm. later on, if not right now. Yeah, you know, and they take notes as you go. And add on to that potential objections, because objections are going to come out at every stage when yeah. you're talking about discovery, but especially if you're presenting, you might get, and this is important to make sure you have everything. This is why I think PowerPoints are bad. Yeah. If you've got your proof sources in a folder or something with you, it's easier to pull that out and say, excuse me while I page through this PowerPoint. Yeah, yeah. It's 50 de slides deep. But- someone might say, well, how do I know that that's actually going to work? Mm. Oh, well, here's a testimonial from a customer. Yeah. Now, what do you have to show me that shows the proof of concept? Oh, well, here's some ROI from other customers. Yeah. Have that available to make sure you're able to handle those objections. And I don't think it's out of the, the I think it's appropriate to say, that you should have proof sources that are able to counter some of your more common objections. Yeah. Pricing the proof of concept. Yeah. So what I put out there so far is that you want to make sure you're connecting the benefits to the problems that they've articulated, which yeah. means you really need to be doing a really good needs analysis or discovery yeah. or, or whatever you want to call it. You're, I call it the customer conversation because everything we're doing here, even though you're looking to tick certain boxes off, needs to be conversational. You want to try telling stories. You want to practice what you're doing so that you sound like you know what you're talking about. Yeah. And that's going to require time. That's going to require some experience on your part as well. It's going to be rougher at the earlier you're in it than later. Your conversion rate will be a curve. 
Mm-hmm. It's not going to be a linear conversion rate as you improve. It's going to be slow, and then it's going to quickly build up to whatever the standard conversion rate yeah. is for you, or better than the standard conversion rate, I would hope. Ideally. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you take the Sales Mindset Academy course. Exactly. Mind, you know. Yeah. Um, and with that, the customer should have this logical conclusion of, I need this. This is obvious. And if you're handling their objections, moving to that close should be as simple as, okay, so I've shown you the ROI. Yeah. I've shown you the the proof sources on that ROI. You say you have no other hesitation. What's the next step in your decision-making process to get your company to adopt our product and services? It's it's about building the relationship where by the time you get to that stage, it should be an easy yes mm-hmm. or an easy no, and it's done. Yeah. It shouldn't be... You're putting them off. It, the idea of getting extended FaceTime with somebody is a good thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I like to think of it as, so long as it's quality, of course, if you're not talking to somebody who's appreciating it, but there's no reason to rush through a conversation, take your time, get to know the business, get to know them. Because the more time that you spend with someone, the more just through a pure psychological principle, they're going to like you just that much more. They're going to trust you that much more. Yeah. You have multiple meetings, you get to know them, and you genuinely solve their problem. You're way more likely to close than if you're pushing through it or you're jumping in with a random elevator pitch that you have to put together. Fantastic. And that sounds like a great final thought. Yeah. Can't even add any more to it? I don't think so. Excellent. Well, thanks for joining us. Well, I'll see you next time.